Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning.
morning, everybody. Good morning. For you. Uh, waking up, waking up, waking up. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I apologize for being a little bit late. Actually, Sam called me about 15 minutes ago. Uh, I was not out, and the alarm was just going off. And I'm like, they calling me, asking me questions, expecting me to think. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Just because you're awake. Then he's like, come up. Why are you being so cranky? Like, you be cranky too when people wake you up. <laughs> sure. Good grief. How's he doing? Uh, this morning he was his usual irritating self. <laughs> so, um, yesterday and Saturday and yesterday, he he wasn't in a, he wasn't in a good spot. Um, he wasn't in a good place. And like I said, this morning he seemed to be his usual irritating self again. So, um, it'll probably fluctuate. All right. Um, how was, was um how was service yesterday? Uh service yesterday was intense. He um he came out of um I remember all that he talked uh, Romans five, three through five and Hebrews eleven and one. But it it was it was really like personal yesterday and Oh, you can hear the, the the anguish in his voice. He was really um, talking about being able to smile through your tribulation. That was the gist of it. Um, but you could tell it was it was real personal. We were actually off the call by um, eleven thirty. Hello? Do you have phone issues this morning? No, I think somebody else is on the call, maybe. Because I'm hearing a lot of wind. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. I didn't hear any wind. Actually, I didn't hear anything. That's why I was like, hello? <laughs> oh, yeah. I um ever when I first received the text, he's been on my mind ever since, and I'm just like, you know, because you know, last week, you know, I, I he um he he's been he's been accepting every challenge God has put before him, and the enemy is like really upset, you know, mm-hmm. it's really upset, especially when he covered um when he covered Nate and Wajanet. You know, that that just kind of shifted everything. So we'll lift him up before we get started um, on the Bible study. So 
if you can't hear me, um, you know what, let me go and get my earpiece. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, right. It's just you and I on the call. It's just you and me on the call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're two or three are gathered. He's in the mess. So, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I was, um, you know, when I was um when I heard about it on Saturday and I was um praying for Mr. Farley, I, I knew that that was the, the enemy also trying to you know, trying to get at Sam and um so messed up 'cause I'm I'm always on him about going fishing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, take a day. Go fishing. Your problems will be here when you get back. You know, you need that time off to you know just to, to to think or to do nothing, you know, whatever, just to relax a little bit. And um, and so he went last Saturday, and then he went, you know, this past Saturday because when I had uh, saw him Friday, um, and I was like, okay, so what's the what's the pencil plan for tomorrow? And he was like, I'm either gonna go fishing or I'm gonna come over here working. I said, you're going fishing. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'll see how I feel when I wake up. I said, nope, you're going fishing. And um, <laughs> And he, he did end up going to his ex-girlfriend's funeral. Um, but based on what he was saying in the um, in the service yesterday, he he he, he didn't feel like staying, and, and so he didn't. Um, he just, you know, was thankful for the time that they had together. And um, personally, I think it, you know, just brought up a lot of old memories and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, he left there, and he went fishing. But then, you know, no sooner than he gets into it, then he starts getting the calls from Morgan about his father and everything. And so then he had to, you know, like to rush back home. And so I was thinking, like, man, he couldn't even go fishing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and which might have even been a thought that he had, although he's not going to say that. But, um, you know, it's like he just never has any downtime. Mm-hmm. And that's just... That's that's just not right. I mean, it's not healthy. Not at all. Not at all. Hold on. About the most that we can, you know, fishing is about the most that you can get him to do. You were saying something. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I had took off my my earpiece for a second. Um, Oh. 
just my Now I'm ready. I have um, I told y'all my dad was here, so I'm in my room with the door closed, and I have no ventilation in my room. So, and I think he turned my air conditioner up, so the air doesn't come on. Like, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I noticed that. Like, whenever you hear, you know hear him. He's always I'm going to the building, I'm doing stuff around the house, I am working here, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And no it's not healthy. I mean even though he chooses and and God has given him um you know, a diet and stuff to help preserve his energy and everything, after a while even batteries need to recharge. Right. You know, even batteries need to recharge. You know, and I know he gets irritated when we tell him he needs to take a day, you know, and then what the enemy did was come at him and say, you know, you can't even take a day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, but we're going we're gonna to pray for him um, and the whole thing because that, you know, because God can, God can really um, adjust everything for him. So, you know, we believe that and we know he'll do it. So, <clears throat> yeah, because he just, you know, he just pushes until until his body just says, you know what, I'm I'm taking the day. Okay, I'm going to I'm even going to worry about you. Because mm-hmm. I I used to I used to do that to myself where you know where I would just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and then I'd wake up one morning and my body would be like, well, if you can go to work without me, I'll see you later because I'm gonna stay right here. <laughs> I mean, and 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 it would be scary because I could basically go from the bed to the bathroom and then back to the bed. It was like there was no energy for anything else, you know. Wow. So this, you know, so yeah, you took the day off work, but you couldn't even enjoy it because you you were just that exhausted. And that's no fun. So yeah, it's funny now. <laughs> It um, wasn't then. So, and, and, and that's, that's what he does. How long has your downtime been? How long have you been, how long have you been, um, retired? <laughs> Self-imposed retirement? Um yes. I guess since, uh, since 2002, but I've I've dabbled a little bit because I used to do consulting, um, and so I've had a um, like a couple of consulting stints, and then I did work the last census. I was in the office. That gave me the flux. That's when I knew, you know what, I cannot come back to this full time. Good grief. Um, but you know, the the thing is because 
I do have a high work ethic. So, and in accounting, accounting is rarely a forty-hour-a-week job. You know, okay. and so, um, and I take my job seriously. So I'm going to put in the time and the effort that's required, and then I end up almost like back where where I was before in regards to working all type of crazy hours and got a lot on my plate that I'm juggling and, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I, I do believe that if I had if I had stayed in corporate America, my health issues would be so much worse. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> I know this is supposed to be Bible study, and whoever listens to this is going to be like, I'm not even talking about the Bible yet, but that's close. Um, <laughs> Um, the I have a question. So, if no, not if, when um, my my business is is up and running um, in the next couple of months, um, would you be willing to be my accountant? We we can talk about that. Um, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to do anything that's going to um, put me in an office for eight hours a day. Oh no! So uh-uh. you know I mean, you know if I need to you know to come in a couple of times a week you know type of thing um, you know that's fine. But if if I need to sit there from from you know from nine to five oh. Monday to Friday, um, mm, mm. Well, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because I'm not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm, I'm just being honest. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. Because that that is one thing that um, I've been, um, you know, as far as my the business is concerned, is that it's even though it is a business that it is relaxed mm-hmm. because. There, I mean, you can have a strong, like you said, you have a strong work ethic, but it doesn't have to be a stressful strong work ethic. You can, mm-hmm. it can, there, there, there can be a balance. And so, no, I would not expect you to be in the office, you know, like I would be like, um, you know, if you want to bring it to your house, I can. If you want it to come in once or twice a week, that's fine. It's just I know that, I mean, yes, I can add and subtract and all this other stuff, but <laughs> to have that, you know, to have that eye that knows, you know, oh, Felicia, um, you're not balancing out, or oh, Felicia, what's going mm-hmm. on with this right here? That's, that's pretty much, you know, you know, where the account, you know, where, you know what I mean, like, Right. What what is this? (laughs) You said you had this, but you only have this. Or, you know, is there a receipt missing? You know, know, that's that type thing. So, um, but, yeah, so I I asked God to, like, show me um, the steps and everything. And you were put, you know, and I I said, God is awesome because he has placed so many people in my hemisphere to get this done. And we're all so interconnected, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just, you know, you know, everybody is going to be able to help everybody. Like Lisa's vision, too, is like, 
everybody should be able to, you know, be like, okay, I got you on this and this and that. And that. It's, it's just so awesome. It is. It's so awesome. And then um, if you don't already have um, a tax guy, um, the one that um, that Sam uses, because I recommended him to Lisa, um, is good. And actually, I think he's out in the south suburbs. Um, his name he's um, his name is is Melvin. I can't think of what his last name is. Um, but he's he's a um, he's a tax man. That's what he does for a living. Um, okay. And so, um, because he helped us get caught up in um, with the Farley, uh, Farley back taxes. Okay. And um, you know, and he was he was reasonable. Now I don't know if that was because um, you know, it was for ninety year olds. Um, we'll find out because the next the next hurdle is getting uh, Sam caught up with his taxes. Um, but uh. <laughs> but you know, but then too, like with with um, I did all of the prep work. So basically, okay. all he had to do was was the return. Okay. You know, so versus you know taking him fifty million receipts and pieces of paper and all that for him to organize and and um, you know, figure out where it needs to go. So see, I did all that stuff, and okay. then just and then just printed out the spreadsheet. And then, um, and then, just gave him like the the um, the summaries of everything, and then he was able to to do the returns. So when you do that, that also keeps your your uh, the cost down for your tax preparation. Okay, okay, that's good to know. But yeah, if you could give me his information, because I I mean I have my I have my um, I did I did get my EIN number and everything um, under my doing business as. Okay. And, um, and so now I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm uh, supposed to, I'm trying to get a meeting with the lady um, who said that she would um, let me share her space until I'm able to find another space. Okay. And she's, she's like ringing, she's been so busy. So if I can't get to her this week before I leave, I'm definitely going to have to push to see if I can get to her next week because, I mean, school is about to let in. And so I, you know, um, I want to be able to say exactly how many slots I have available when I when I start getting calls, you know. So now your business, is it's, it's a center for young people and the elderly, um, it's going to include the elderly, but that piece is not going to the as far as for the elderly part. That piece is not going to start until I I get the fix on the center because with the elderly part, that's pretty much where we would go to the senior citizen senior citizen facility. You know, we would adopt a couple of facilities and go once or twice a you know once a month or you know okay. once or twice a month and visit and sit down and do arts and crafts and stuff like that. So I need to you know <clears throat> I need to know how many you know I need to get get the get the kids established and stuff first and get a routine set up so I can figure out what days are good and you know and you know based on the extracurricular activities and 
all the other stuff that I want to do with them, and then you know, add the el- you know the elder um, senior relationship in after. But yeah, that's that's going to be part of it. That's going to be part of it. Um, okay. Now, what is your so, center going to do for the children? Um, what the center is going to do for the children is basically it's homeschooling and um, virtual learning, along with tutoring and just um, for the high school kids a place to hang out after, you know, to be able to do homework and things like that. So once I once I get it, once I get my permanent spot, you know, I want to I want to start adding on because. Um, the at the end of the day, the vision that he gave me was um, a building called Oasis, mm, a large okay. building. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, but again, it has to start off small, you know, so that it could, because the thing that I prayed about it after Sam prayed over me, um, was that maybe a week ago? And I was like, and he asked me, you know, how far am I willing to go? And I said, well, however far he wants me to go, but just so don't make it be so fast where I, you know, I I lose, I lose faith, I lose focus, or lose momentum or whatever. I want it to be there, you know, as it grows, you know, um, you know how, you know what it is. Uh, I get, I can adjust as I go, so that I I don't feel overwhelmed. And so he's already, I believe he's already shown me the end game you know, which is the oasis, which is so much more than just the center. Mm-hmm. But um but the but the homeschooling and um the virtual learning pieces is the part that needs to be established now so that parents have another option. Um because I, I know my sister was telling me yesterday that one of her one of our um church members was like her son is in public school, and they are pushing um, mandatory H. He's in high school, um, the HPV shot. Yeah, you know, and um, she's never even heard about it. And that's how uninformed our communities are, you know. Um, and they're saying that if he doesn't get the HPV shot, he wouldn't be able to come to school. And I'm like, oh, what wow. the HPV shot got to do with him coming to school? And so it's like that kind of thing is what's coming up, and I need to make sure that this information is out. So I was like, okay, Lord, um, I need to get some flyers out, and I'm, you know, I'm going out of town. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to make sure my phone is charged, and you know, I need to make sure that I have a place. Um, I want to do an informational meeting the week I get back. Um, and um, and make it so that I can just disseminate all the information, whatever the word is, because I can't think of the other word. <laughs> give out, there you go. Give out all the information at one time instead of like one one here, one here, one here. I would like to right. do like a a group thing, and then you know, then as people are you know getting the information, do one on ones or whatever, but um. I mean, yeah. So it's it's coming down the line where yeah, and if it's not the HPV, they're looking for you to do the the mandatory vaccinations for the other grades in grammar school, 
And so it's just like you can't, they're making it so that you can't even opt out now. Like, like, you know, for religious purposes, you can't opt out. It's either you do or you don't. And it's just like, are you serious right now? You know? Yeah, they're taking a the choice away from the parents. Yes. And, there, and, and I was telling my sister, I said, when you look at the TV, they are just like, um, you know, you need this shot. You need this shot. You need to be vaccinated for this. You need to be vaccinated for this. But then when you look at the, the stuff that they're not telling you, it's like you're crazy to go and get that shot because actually it makes it worse than, you know, what it is. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Because, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's mentality is different, you know. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, okay, it is what it is. And all I can do is, like, we've been saying, you know, we build it, people will come or not, you know. And when they come, I just want to be able to be ready and at least have the bare bones together, you know, and, um, you know, and make sure that that information is out there to like, yeah, this is a startup. You know, and that everything is um, we're growing together, basically. You know, and, um, and and just go from there. God is going to work everything else out. He's already shown it to me, so I'm like, okay, Lord. You know, I'm just I'm just a woman with hands and feet, <laughs> dragging hands and feet, but I'm I'm willing. I'm willing and able. You know, so yeah, so we'll, we'll yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a it's a thing because you heard that um, and I know it's college recorded, but I mean it's not like it's not on the news. Um, you heard that with Russia they outlawed evangelism. Wait a minute, who has outlawed what? Russia has outlawed evangelism. I think somebody was talking about that on the prayer call. Yeah. Where you so can't, can no can't longer. talk about God in public? Nope. It's against the law. It's against the law. And um, and even in the church, they are going to um, start basically in so many ways, I guess they're going to start monitoring, you know, what can be said and what cannot be said, even in the church itself. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and what, what's so strange is they start a precedent here in the United States, and it just has not caught on yet because they know there would still be a large outcry against it. But I found out that also in, in California, because everything is starting in California, and, and um. In California, there is a city where I, and I can't I, I can't remember where I need to start writing stuff down because I'm never going to refind it. <laughs> but um, there's a city in in California where a couple was having Bible study outside, you know, in their house, mm-hmm. and they had maybe ten couples or ten people come over once a week or once a month or whatever, to have Bible study. And um, I guess somebody complained about them having this Bible study in their home. And so they've been told that if they 
continue to have Bible study in their home, they will get fined every time they have the Bible study. Like five okay, which means they must mm-hmm. have some type of local law about that because, to my knowledge, that is not against the law. Not to mention you in your own home. So if someone complains, is it someone that that's coming to? Is there a mole? You know, someone that's right. that's coming to the Bible study, but perhaps doesn't like what's being said, um, and maybe they're 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 skewing it when they when they complained about it. Um, but the bottom line is, if you are in your home, you know, if I invite you to my home, okay, and you know we, we're going to have Bible study or what have you, but you don't like the way that the information is being distributed, then you have the option not to come back again. Right. <laughs> you know, like, no, I don't, I don't yeah. like the way they do Bible study. I'm not going back there. Okay, but to tell me that I can't have Bible study, you know, in my home, you know, behind closed doors, I'm not bothering anyone, you know, <laughs> that's, mm, that, that, I mean, you know, the privacy thing, we already have lost so much when it yeah. comes to privacy, you know, and people are, are you know, they're going to wake up one morning like, what the heck happened? And, you know, Sam always calls me paranoid when I be talking about how we get tracked, you know. Like when I had my car, I refused to get the iPass. When the iPass first came out, I was like, I'm not getting that. They don't need to know, you know, exactly. where I'm going and, you know, so on and so forth. But then they fix it where if you don't have the iPass and you pay cash, you pay double. I know, right? I said, you know what? I said, that's so I started taking it through streets. Like, shoot, y'all don't understand. I don't like being on the expressway <laughs> anyway. I thought it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, you know what? And I thought that was, I thought that was really funny because I, I didn't know. I didn't know until I was I was driving Uber because I knew they had the iPad. But I was driving Uber, and I had to go through the tolls, and that's when I noticed that on the on the um, on the on the writing on the tollway, like with the iPads, it's seventy cent. Without the iPads, it's a dollar forty. And I was like, yep. "Are you serious?" I yep. said, "Wow, you know." And it's the same thing with the venture card. And I said, "They are really good," you know. I said, "Well, if you pay cash." You have to pay for each and every trip. But if you have the venture, you get to have one, you know, three trips. Right. Without but see, that's only on the bus because on the L, you can't even pay cash anymore. Are you serious? You cannot. If you if you do not have a venture card, because, like, you know, if, at the building, when I go to Sam's house, I take the L to 95th Street. So if I didn't have a venture card, I would have to get, like, a, um, a one-time usage out the machine. Wow. You cannot, you cannot, um, you cannot put money in the, in the turnstiles anymore at the L's. That's crazy. You, you have to have some, some type of card. On the buses, you still can. They still got the machines that accept money. But um, at the L, no. That's crazy. No. And, and, and people say, you're just, you're just doing too much. Am I? I don't think I am. I think it's, it's, it's a slow process. And, and, and yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to take my mouth off that. Um, this is a request line. Um, so we're not afraid. And get started. Um, and since it's just us two, you know, um, I'm, well, I'm not going to. Someone else has, has come over. When I checked it a few minutes ago, it was just us two. It was just us, okay. Um, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm scared no more. I'm like, I, I found out that, you know, um, it basically is what it is. Like, you know, um, if we live in fear, we let them start that next live in fear, we end up being behind our, you know, never leaving our house, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, because I used to tell Tiffany, I said, you know, I said, you know, um, even like doing a Bible study, some of the things that I'm going to go, I want to go into, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't be comfortable doing that and being at my job because, you know, they always say, well, even though you're on your personal page, you still represent the company. And it's just like, but I'm not. I don't even have you down as where I work at. So how am I representing you? Yeah, and I really, I really do have a problem um, with, the, with the social media and how it affects people, you know, like at their jobs and stuff like that. There are some instances where I understand it, but there's other instances, you know, I mean, basically your job is policing you like 24-7. You have no, no privacy. And, you know, I look at it like this. Facebook is is a phone call in writing, and I wouldn't give you permission to bug my phone. So, you know, you know, before Facebook came along and, you know, if I'm on the phone with my friends and I'm like, who am I meant to get on my damn nerves? She is a trip, blah, 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 blah. You would never know that. Right. No. And so, like, now, you know, like, with, with, with Facebook, and you'd be like, who am I manager? This on my nerves. Now, you, you might not have your job on. Even if you do have the name of the company that you work for, you never mention her name. You, or hear that? you just say, my manager gets on my nerves. Oh, my goodness, I hate going to work. And because of that, you could get fired. I haven't mentioned anyone's name. Okay. Um, and actually, I'm surprised there haven't been some lawsuits. But, but you know what? But the, but the thing is, they catch you on... What you you know what you signed when you first started working, like you know there is no you know your 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 um, employment is at will, so they can they can terminate you regardless of whatever, and it's just like you know, <laughs> yeah they um because I know I had to start paying attention they uh. <clears throat> when you would fill out an application and at the bottom it would say that um that they may run um you know like a background check on you which could include a credit check mm-hmm. and so they're not supposed to run no one's supposed to run a credit check on you without your permission mhm and um so what i would do <laughs> I would I sign my name to the application and then above my signature I would write I do not give consent for a credit check. <laughs> See again, I thought I was the only one that would do that. <laughs> and I always would put it above the I wouldn't put it below the signature because that's just empty space. That could get you know, that could get torn off. We didn't see that 
No, right. I put it above the signature. So now you 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 got it's gonna be obvious if you tamper with that, right? Because I always felt because I, I and um I had interviewed for this job and um you know because back in, this is why I don't do little companies anymore because they they do stuff that they're not supposed to do because they assume people don't know the rules and um because I had found out I didn't know that when I had interviewed for this insurance company, I ended up getting hired there, but that when you went and took your, um, they had you take like a drug test before um, you, uh, before, you you know, you got hired or what have you, but they also tested you for AIDS. And see, this was back in like in the late 80s. So all the rules and stuff weren't made like known. Because it was years before I found out that, that they had done that. Um, but they're supposed to let you know that they do stuff like that. Right. But the, if, if you come, if you test positive, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hire you. Wow. But they also, they also wouldn't tell you. So you, oh, wow. so you have it and, and then not know. Mm. So um, I had interviewed this other company. It was a small, a small company, family owned. And, um, you know, so I had the first interview, and then when I went back for the second interview, the the controller, he was like, um, yeah, you know, I had some questions. Um, you know, we ran your your, uh, your credit, and I looked at him. I said, excuse me, you did what? And he was like, we ran your credit. I was like, but you didn't get my permission for that. And so now, you know, he's sitting there, and he's looking, you know, like kind of dumbfounded because, you know, I basically caught him. And um and so he was like, well, you know, we were just concerned because if, you know, if you're, um, you know, with your credit, because at the time my credit was like jacked up. And so he was like, but, you know, if you, if you can't pay your bills, then we're concerned, you know, about you paying ours. And I was like, but I would be getting paid to pay yours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's like my thing is for whatever reason, my bills may not be being paid. I don't have to explain that to you, right? Because that's that's a judgment call. So now I'm supposed to sit up here and say, well, this happened and that happened, and and then you get to determine if that's a valid enough reason why I didn't do it. No, I don't. You know, you don't need to be all up in my personal business like that. Exactly, because you don't know. You, know. you don't know what the situation was, the reason why my credit. Fit. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I heard it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I'm in an interview with an attitude <laughs> because I was I was pissed. I was like barely holding it together because I was so, you know, like angry. It's like, you know, how dare you get all up in my business and then expect me to get you more in my business? Oh, man, I was hot. Um, I mean, I was remaining professional, but it was I was on the line. If he had said the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It just would not have been pretty. Um, I mean, and I got the job, and I can't help but thinking I got the job because they knew that they had screwed up because you could sue for the, for that. Because I, there was nothing at that time. I don't think they had anything on their application about about a credit check. Mm-hmm. So basically, they took advantage of having my personal information to get more personal information about me without my permission. Wow. So and I could have, I could have sued them for that. Oh, most definitely. So that's why everything is so is so cut and dry 
on on the um on the applications now. Like they do, you know, that's crazy. I mean, but I still it, think that the credit check thing is is going, you know, is is getting too personal for the simple fact, you know, I understand a criminal check. Okay. Yeah. And especially, you know, um, you know, like I worked in banking and, you know, and that type of stuff, and I had, um, you know, um, access to to approve wires and for, you know, for over $100 million. And, you know, so, yeah, you want to know if someone has ever been arrested for embezzlement or, you know, check fraud or, you know, or anything like that. I get that. But whether or not I pay my bills, don't tell me that if you got a bad credit check that makes you a bad employee. That's a lie. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe I need the job so I can make my credit better. But maybe you you know, like family member that was really sick that you was helping out. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But the bottom line is I ain't got to tell you that. That's none of your business. Exactly. Hold on one second. Let me get my kids up. Hold on. Okay. I'm sorry. You back? I'm sorry. Oh. Hard letting go of that pillow in the morning. <laughs> it's like, come on, work with me, people, work with me. But um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. And it's even with the um, even with the insurance, they still want to use. You know, somebody did a thing. You know, the um, people with with bad credit are 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 bad drivers. Get the heck out of here. Yes. <laughs> Say whatever you want them to say, but that makes no sense at all. Mm-mm. So because I, you know, a best a messed up credit score, then that gives you license to charge me more for insurance. 
that if I have an accident, you're not going to want to pay the claim anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I found out. I just I I said they they have put so much stuff in place that's a control mm-hmm. that people don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you got to watch what you say. You got to watch your whole life, and it's just like you can't have a bad day. You can't have, you know. And it, you, this choice is going to affect the rest of your life. And, you know, well, I was young or, you know, I was in my 20s and I didn't know. And it, it, it doesn't matter. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Morgan had, with, with my new, well, actually with both my computers, I don't think she noticed it on the other one, but with the new one, she was using it. And she was like, why do you got this this piece of cardboard over the camera? And I was like, so that no one can hack into my computer and see what's, what I'm doing. Exactly. You know, because, you know, I mean, because I don't use Skype and FaceTime and, and, and all of that. So um, I've never activated it. But it doesn't mean that someone else couldn't activate it remotely. You know, exactly. and, and then they could see into whatever room the, you know, the computer is in. Because she was like, when it's really hot, like I said, I don't have, well, as you know, I don't have air conditioning. So when it's like really hot, please. Sometimes I'm on the computer. I'm topless. It's like, shh, please. <laughs> I'm in my house. <laughs> oh, okay. I need, I need some. Yeah, I got blinds on the windows in the bedroom. Um, my sister needs some. You know, I need some ventilation for real. Um, right. And so I don't want to be like using my computer. Next thing I know, on the on the the internet, there's pictures of me. You know, topless. Exactly. You know, popping up somewhere. You know. Um, and so I, I've been like, even with the other computer, I was like, that I always cover up the camera. And, I mean, you know, you still got the issue with the, with the audio because somebody could still, you know, like hack in and, you know, and, um, and hear that. But, um, you know, but people don't pay attention to, like, all the stuff with the phone. You know, they mm-hmm. look at it as a convenience. Ooh, it's a convenience. You know, I can do, I can do everything on my phone. Really, why would you want to do that? Exactly. And then with exactly. the app. If you ever pay attention, because I hardly have any apps on my phone, um, because they want access to too much information. Oh yeah, you know, they, you know, dealing with dealing with the youth at the church, they were looking at my phone one time, and they were like, uh, "You don't have any apps on your phone." I was like, "The only apps that are on there are the ones that they make me have." You know, because like all the new phones are already loaded with apps. And you can't, you cannot take them off your phone. Come in, and um, and when you disable them, it can affect how your phone works. So, hold on one second, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have time for today, right? You can wear that. To, you said for today, you have your last pair. Okay, well, go take your shower. Um. But yeah, I mean, and it's like the apps. Like I, I went through. I, I got my phone, and I went through, and I disabled all the apps that that dated, you know, based on their access. And I'm like, I'm not gonna use this ever, this ever, this ever, this ever. And I disabled like 20 of them. But then, for some reason, you know, based on a couple of the apps that I disabled. I wasn't getting my calls right, or I wasn't getting my texts or something, and I'm like, crap! So I had to go back in and and reactivate all of them, and then start over again. But mm. it ended up that I still had to have a bunch of them active. 
you know, and it was just like, and the ones that I had to keep active um, were the ones that had the most access. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, and then the other day I was on my phone, and I was just, you know, scrolling on Facebook, and all of a sudden an eye popped up, which means that, you know, it's something is watching. Mm. And it, it was just, it was like, it was really momentary that like, I came up and it left. And I'm like, why would that come up? I'm like, okay, is somebody watching me? Or are they watching what I'm looking at? I'm like, which one is it? Right. So I said, okay, whatever. Again, I can't live in fear. You know, you know, because at first it was like I was on Facebook, you know, the last couple of, you know, I would, I would be fearful about what links I tap on, you know, what things I open to read and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, and I would stop, like, clicking on stuff. And I'm like, I can't do that either because I want to be informed. So I said, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's it's really, you know, like, creepy in it. The, first, the, the main thing I turn off on my phone is the location. Yes. Because everybody wants to know where you're at you know, and be able to, to track you. So that's the first thing that I turn off. And if an app won't work because I have a location off, I don't need that app for real. Um, <laughs> because, you, you know, I mean, the most apps that I would put on my on my phone are like are, uh, games. You know, why does the game need to know where I'm located at all times? Exactly. You know, um, you know I get why they want, you know, like the friend list. But then why do you need access to my calls and how long I'm on the call and who it is that I'm calling? It's a game. You know, uh-huh. that's, that's not about the game. That's about the company that owns the game. Exactly. You know, and I don't care what they put in privacy statements. You don't know what they're doing with your information. Until such time that they want you. And by then, you know, it, the damage is done. So... Um, I'm not, you know, but now Windows 10 is taking over where the phones leave off. Because, like, for people like me who don't do a lot of stuff on the phones, um, you know, and a lot of it has to do because the screen is so small. It's like I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, already got to wear reading glasses and stuff. And it's like you're trying to do everything on, on your phone or whatever, but then all your information is on that phone. You lose that phone, your world is, like, over. Exactly, because it's not just it's not just telephone numbers. You know, you got your banking information, and and I mean, you know, just like everything or whatever. And so, um, but like now with Windows Ten, uh, you have to. It's almost like you have to sign in to use practically everything. You know, um, even just to play the, the the free solitaire game, you have to. They want you to sign in to the to the. Um, to your Microsoft account. And it's like, I'm so tired of these damn account numbers and, I mean, accounts with <laughs> passwords. And it's like, oh, good grief. Like, yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I know I had got a laptop um, and it has Windows installed. And it's always updating. I'm like, what are you updating for? I barely use you. What are these updates for? You know, and so I hardly ever use the laptop. Um, so I'm going to be real tech 
real low tech when it comes to my business because I'm just like sacrificing something where I don't have to do, you know, where I'm not concerned about security of people's information. I have mm-hmm. to be low tech because this, I, I, I got this laptop. I've had it for two years now. And okay. I've only used it like five times because every time I open it up, it's asking to update the window. Every yeah. time I open it. On my other one, on the old one, I had changed it to um, where it would only update when I would when I would uh, power it down. Because what what the way they have it um, automatically set up is that whenever an update occurs, it would just install it. So you could be working on something and then your screen just goes black and you sit there like, what the? And it's going to update. And then you're down for like an hour waiting on all of this to, you know, to happen. I was like, okay, this is some, some bull crap right here. So then I figured out how to uh, to change the setting. And so um, it would only do updates when I would like turn it off, and which sometimes still would be irritating because you're trying to turn it off because you got something to do, and and it's like okay, nope, you got 30 updates, and you know, and taking forever, or whatever. But now on the new one, um, they they schedule updates, mm-hmm. but so now I have to make sure I stay on top of it. So if I don't like the time that they schedule it, I can change it because the other day, I mean, I was playing a game, but the thing is. I was still on my computer doing something, and the thing just went out on me. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. And then eventually I found out it was because it, it was updating. But then I couldn't use the computer for over an hour, mm-hmm. you know. And, and this was like during the day. Why would you schedule an update for during the day anyway? Nine times out of ten, people are more likely to be using their computer. I mean, if you say 3.30 in the morning, although sometimes I'm still on it then, but you know, that's a safe that's a safer time than like in the middle of the afternoon. You know, and then um on the old computer for like in, in Internet Explorer, you can you were able to set it up where it would clear out stuff every time you would close the browser. So it would clear out, you know, like the cookies, the temporary files, your your um your uh search log, the whole nine yards. But see now I have to institute it to, to, to I have to um, make it clear it out. It doesn't do it automatically. Uh-huh. And that's a pain in the butt because now I have to consciously remember periodically to do it yeah, instead of being able to do it automatically. People don't see it that. People don't see how, how intrusive. Mm-hmm. Stuff is becoming. It's very intrusive. Um, yeah. Okay. All okay. Right. You ready for me? To open up in here. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, but we can go on. Okay. Now, that we, we, now that we've had our our, our appetizer conversation. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call, for our ability to come together for fellowship and to share in your word and to learn of your word. And not only that, Father, but with the fellowship to exchange ideas, because sometimes we are like-minded, and it's, it's, 
it feels good to know that there's someone else who who is as paranoid as you are. Um, Father, we say a prayer for Mr. Farley Sr., who is going to be having surgery this afternoon or early evening. Father, we pray that you will be in that room with him, that you will be guiding the hospital staff so that he has a successful surgery, that he has a quick recovery time, and that he's back to his um, energetic and, and active self sooner rather than later. Father, we know that the doctors can only do so much regardless of what they may think, but the ultimate decision comes down to you. And we thank you, Father, for taking care of Mr. Farley Sr. today. Father, we say a prayer for for the family, that they are there to support him and to turn to you. And thank you, Father, for all that you have done in their lives. Father, we pray for Sam Jr. We pray for his health and his well-being. Father, he has so much on his plate. He is constantly juggling, trying to keep all the balls up in the air. And we know that it's tiring physically as well as mentally. And, Father, we we, we try to get him to to relax somewhat, you know, just to to take a day and and to go fishing and to relax, give his body a break and his mind a break. And and the enemy stepped in and, and snatched that from him. So, Father, we ask that you orchestrate things because we know that you can do that. You can you can shift, you can move, and you can adjust and have it so that he can take that time that he so desperately needs to, to re-energize his mind and his body so that he can continue on doing the work that you want him to do. Father, I say a prayer for for the policemen families in Baton Rouge who so suddenly and violently lost members of their family this, this weekend. But, Father, I also pray for the truth to be revealed. It is being reported that this was an ambush on the, on the police, but that may not be the case. There's a strong possibility that it was just a regular shooting, and when the police showed up, the shooter turned on them, that it was never about the police in the beginning. But that's how it's being portrayed on the news, to keep the, to keep the anger riled up, to keep the dissension going, the divisiveness, which is so counterproductive to what it is that we need, Father, for peace and harmony. Father, I pray for those that, that are continuing to try and get the true information out and about so that people can, can be truly informed about what's going on. Father, we thank you for your unconditional love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? We are satisfying. That's good. Okay. All right. Um, I am not going to be for you guys long today because I have to. Um, I have to take the kids 
to their destinations in about 45 minutes. So um, I am um, going back into Genesis, and we're going to skip Chapter 35. Um, um, uh, nope, can't. Okay. So Chapter 35 is where we're going to start. Um, and this is after, um, in Chapter 34, um, where Dida, um, Jacob's daughter, was um, was raped by um, Shechem, a Hivite. And we discussed last week about soul ties being created and um, uh, what happened was when they in the how when they found out when Jacob's sons found out they basically tricked the whole the whole family the whole tribe of the that they were um, residing with and they slaughtered them they slaughtered them um, you know in, reti- in retaliation and um, and so now. Um, they are basically on the run, I think. And um, it, it was really interesting because uh, when you go when we look at chapter thirty four, verse thirty, and, and I I didn't even see this because I think we stopped after they went through and slaughtered everybody. Um, but chapter 34, verse 30, and it says, And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, because they were the ones who actually, um, you know, went through, and they were the ones who basically um, came up with the plan to go through and, and, and kill everybody in this village because of what they did to, what they did to their sister. And so um, Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me to make me distinct among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And I being few in number, they shall gather themselves against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he deal with our sister as with a harlot? And, And that made um, you know that 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 put perspective on it because you know he's saying that you know he's he's concerned about their security, but they're like so we should have just let them do whatever they wanted to do with our sister, you know, and it it was you know and um. They were, there's a, you know, I look at some of the comments on, you know, in the recent social media about, you know, us 
uh, about the Bible and what it says about certain things, and you know, because they're like, well, everybody's always up in arms about homosexuality and adultery, but they never say nothing about rape. And it's just like, now you're concerned about rape, you know, and, and it's been, you know, and, and what the Bible says about rape, so it can be taken off of you about all the other stuff. And I was just thinking when I saw this, I'm like, they wanted to give her back her honor, but they killed everybody, you know, and it was just like that was how it was done back then. We have to make sure that, you know, even monsters did it, you know, they were like, we have to kill everybody, make sure that nobody can come back um, in retribution against us based on our actions. So there was a lot of bloodshed, as you, you know, that went on before, you know, before they actually went back and started talking to God. There were some things that was that was God-ordained, and there's some things we just took it upon ourselves. Because when you see this, it's like nowhere in this whole um, situation did they go back and ask God, well, what should we do about this? You know, it, it goes back to that. With us, it's like even now, when we make our decisions, do we ever go back and say, God, what should I do about this? This happened, you know. I mean, he says, vengeance is mine. But then they're like, oh, you know, no, I'm going to take care of it myself. But God can take care of the situation better than we ever could, and we can be at peace with it. So I thought that was interesting that he that he understood what they were doing, but he was just like, but now you didn't basically think about the repercussions of your actions. So uh, it's like you, you, we have to, we're caught in between uh, basically a catch-22. I want to tell you I'm upset with you, but now I've got to figure out how to say it where I, it doesn't come back on me. And and that's a fine line sometimes because you just want to let everything out and go, you know, you, that's and so, and, you know, it is what it is. Um, going to chapter 35 of Genesis, and it says, And God said unto Jacob, Arise. Um, double check my thing. Now, uh, this is right, right? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. No, I'm sorry. Um, I should have been on mute when I said that. I was. I thought somebody was knocking on my door. Um, okay. Okay, so I was trying to make sure that... Yeah, okay. Um, one thing I do want to point out that um, after chapter 32, in chapter 32 of Genesis, remember he was renamed Israel. The Spirit of the Lord renamed him Israel. But it, when, um, whenever we read the um, Genesis, as long as he's alive, a lot of times it flip-flops back and forth between Jacob in Israel, and one of the revelations I had received about that was like, 
when he talks about Jacob, it's Jacob in the flesh. It's about the flesh side of it. And when you hear Israel, it's the spiritual side of it. Um, of 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 this is not because what I think what what one of the things that um because I prayed about it, I was just like, Lord, is it Israel the people or is Israel just a representation? What is what is Israel, you know? And um and because so many people put uh emphasis on Israel and it's like Israel is a physical representation of the spirituality of God and what he wants his relationship to be like for those who are his. And so when we look at Israel in the in the Bible and we look at Israel now, it's a it's a physical representation of everything you can know you know where God is with his people. Not just the, the, the Israel people, but the Christians as well, in the natural and in the spiritual. You know exactly where he speaks and where he is and in, 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 in how he's dealing with us. And so um, um, one of the things I've noticed, like even recently, like things are turning around for Israel, even though everybody is separating themselves from Israel, the physical Israel, you see the same thing with those who are believers in Christ, those who are who are trying to follow the book, not man, but actually follow the book. People are distancing themselves from us and turning their back on us in droves because of the rep- of what we represent, which is God. And his spirit. So just like they're turning their back on the physical Israel, on the physical relationship of God, they're doing also against those who are spiritually connected to God. And we have to look at the way Israel is, the physical Israel is finding God is supplying every need for them. We have to understand that God will supply every need for us as long as we are walking in his word. As long as we are as long as we look and seek him first and not the, the things that he can give us to actually seek him first. He will supply the need in un um uncommon and unusual ways. Things that we have never seen before, things that we have never known before will start manifesting themselves. Right, but you know, as as we walk, he's, he's creating things through us for us to be able to use, you know, for the last of the last days. So you know, just we have to keep that in mind. And so, um, going into chapter thirty-five, and God said unto Jacob, and so usually, um, so God said unto Jacob, so God said unto the flesh of man, basically. And he said, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto that um, make an altar unto God that appeared unto thee uh, unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, 
Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. So in the flesh, then the flesh, Jacob, then Jacob, then the flesh said unto everybody, we got to put away our strange, the, the strange gods. So Jacob, the flesh, knew that there were strange gods in his camp. He knew that they were dwelling in the land of Canaan, which they shouldn't have been dwelling in anyway because the Canaanites were of, of the curse that was put back from the beginning. And they, weren't, they shouldn't have been dwelling in the land of Canaan to begin with, but they were there. I mean, that was the reason, that's another reason, unfortunately, that Dinah was even put into that situation because they were where they weren't supposed to be, dwelling in the land of Canaan. And that is the same land that they were they they had been told before not to go into. But they, I mean, there, the people before um, were were not even dealing, you know, um, dealing with Canaanites at all. They said, "Don't get your wives from them or nothing." But they went and lived there. And then it says, um, and he says in chapter verse three, "And let us arise and go up to Bethel." And I will make there an altar unto, unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. Hold on one second. Don't, don't forget to put the order in the stuff on. All right. Okay. Um, and, okay. They were, and we were talking about, okay. Verse 4. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hands and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were around about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. And so, um, okay, so there's a, I'm reading out of, um, I have a study Bible, um, and I, I forgot, I forgot the notes and stuff they have in here. It's been so long since I used it. Um, and so, um, um, one of the uh, one of the notes is for thirty five for verse one. It says that there was the place where God confirmed the Abrahamic covenant for Jacob. Okay, and then um, you know it says earrings here. It says um, the earrings because they had earrings. I mean they wore jewelry, but from what this is saying in the notes. Um, some earrings were used as amulets or tokens. So they weren't just, some of the earrings were not used to be as far as for decoration, but they were used as a, as a totem, as a, as, as a, you know, like, like they say that, you know, some um, denominations that we shouldn't use crosses as, as jewelry. 
you know, um, that, you know, this, these were totems, these were the idols that they were using, and they were wearing them on their body. And so that's why they took the earrings off their ears as well. And um, but verse 5, you know, it says they, 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 when it says they journeyed and the terror of God was upon the cities, it says God restrained the Canaanites from avenging the Shechemites. So there is a way. Oh, hold on a second. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Um, so, you know, this is the first time that we have another account where, was, you know, where God showed his magnificent power, you know, not just with the flood, but he held back cities, not just one city. He held back cities so that Jacob and his people can get out of Canaan. Yes, sir. Come on in. Um, he he held back cities so that there was no way for them to so there was no way for them to chase after um, Jacob and his people as they were leaving out of you know trying to get away from from what they had did to the um, the the Shechemite. And so um, verse six. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is. Bethel, he and all the people that were with him, and he he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel because there God appeared unto him when he spread in the face of his brother. But Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak. And the name of it, Called a long. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that word. Um, and God appeared unto Jacob again, and when he came out of Padanaram, I'm sorry, when he came out of Padanaram and blessed him, and God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy he, and this is when he reestablished what he had told him before. He said, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. So he's saying again, he said, okay, I called you Israel before, but then you went where you weren't supposed to go, and you were still, you were still acting like Jacob. You were still doing the, the, the life of Jacob. But now... You've done your, you've done this thing where you killed a whole a whole city, you know. And now you're you 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 know I'm gonna I'm gonna come back in. I'm gonna save you again. But now understand, you are Israel. You are no longer Jacob the trickster. You are now Israel. You're supposed to be set apart from everybody else. You are my people. I'm 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 the, I'm the one that's holding you up. I'm the one that's keeping you. You and all of your your sons and their sons and so on and so forth. I'm holding you up. And he said, and God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations 
shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And this is and this right here is what is the contention that's going on not only in the body of Christ, but in in in, in all over. Because everybody is like, oh, it's he's only talking about one nationality. But the thing is that nations, when he says nations here, and a, he says a nation and a company of nations, he's saying ethnicities. Not only, not only will one nation, but out of that nation, many ethnicities will come out. So out of Israel came many ethnicities. Because he had twelve sons, there were there were twelve tribes, and then his sons had sons, and so all of these different ethnicities came from that. But we now, in this day and age, it's only stuck on one. If you're not black, you're not going to heaven, or you're going to hell, or you're all devils, or you know. But there are there are many nations. The Indians say it the best. He's like, there's, there's the one which is God, you know. But they said, we are the nation of. They understood that they are a nation unto themselves. And they understood that there were many. They understand that there are many nations. They get that it's not just them. But, yeah, that's why they, you know, when, we, when I look at the different, um, when you look at the different ethnicities of color, the Indians, the, the 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 Asians, and things like that. A lot of them are very accepting, and we we'll, you know we'll we'll invite you in to our nation. But there's one nation that when you invite you know you invite them in, and they want to take over. But when we invite you in, we want to be you know, we want to be we want to accept you because that's how. God intended it to be what we accept you. We show you how our, you know, our way is, and then you're supposed to come in and and dwell with us in unity. So there's one nation that comes in and takes over, and you know, that's that's all I want to say about that. But you know, read between the lines if you can. But those who have ears, let them hear. Um, and born in verse twelve. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. So the land was given to all of Israel, all the nations and and people of Israel. He's given this land. If you're done getting just let me see you, please. And God was up from him in the place where he talked with him. So God, he he, he was actually... Face to face with God, I didn't. I just saw that. I just saw that. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Um. Let me let me go back a little bit. So. Um, uh, I'm sorry, hold on. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So, um, 
he was actually face to face with God. Because it said, and God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So God was still that place where he was willing to come down and actually have a face-to-face meeting with with Israel. And that's awesome. That shows that how God wants God wants to have that face-to-face with us. We might not be able to see him see him physically face-to-face. But he wants to be able to speak with us on that intimate level where he's talking with us specifically and we're listening and we have that one-on-one conversation. He wants that back because he had it with us before. And he's just like, I want that back, you know, I want that back. And so the verse 14, and Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him even a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured out, and he poured oil thereon. So even then, um, a pillar of stone was a customary covenant of witness. So they put a pillar up, and that's the covenant that says that I, you know, I make, I'm making agreement with you. I, I make that I'm, I'm making an agreement with you to do this, you know. And so, um, and in verse 15 it says, and Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. Bethel. And so, um, and Bethel again means, I forgot how great this, I'm sorry, I forgot how great this study Bible was. Oh, I was doing it the hard way. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. I have this thing. Um, the the awesome thing about about um, that that means the house of God. That that means house of God. So where you know he spoke to God in the house of God at the place where God resided, because that's where. Abraham set up the covenant with God, and that's where he had to go back to. So again, we, you know, God has set up set up location where He said, "This is holy ground right here, and this is where I'm this is where I'm willing to touch down with you and and speak with you." Hold on one second, please. Um, we're just gonna have to, you know, hustle it. Um, so it, 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 it. I'm sorry about the the interruptions today. Um, full house. Um, so God wants us. God has set up. Oh, he, he's like, there is a place that I want specifically set aside for me, where I'm willing to come and talk to you directly one-on-one. And one of the things that Sam had told Cheryl, and, I, you know, and even even all of us have a, a point, um, and I've been trying to find 
um, a way to do it in my house where they just a certain place where I tried to do it in my kitchen that didn't work. It's not comfortable. But um, where we could, we should have a spot, not only going to a church house, but there should be a spot in your house. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. One more second. Um, no eggs. Um, you know what, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, the only other thing is cereal. That's what I'm saying. What you told me if it's an egg. You didn't ask me to even turn the stove on. But yeah, go ahead and fix your. But go ahead and fix your egg. I'm sorry. Oh, God, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Patience. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, again, I'm sorry. Um, we should have a place in our home that's specifically set aside for you and God to have your one-on-one time. Be it, um, be it the kitchen table, um, be it your front porch, maybe it's your couch in your living room, in your basement, you know, your bedroom. Somewhere in your house should be a place set up for you and God to sit down and have a conversation, you know, so he can feel welcome in your home. And and um, I'm, I'm skipping ahead, but I just... Um, where is that? Oh, Lord, give it to me. Give it to me, Lord. Um, and this is the case in point. Someone had told me, um, mm-hmm. are there any questions or comments right now? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to, um, you know, about setting up the, the special place for God in your house. I'm going to fast forward to Second Kings, fourth chapter. Okay. Um, and we're going to end the Bible study on this um, because I, when I saw this, I was like, wow. And I, and um, Juanita Bynum has a, a, a teaching on this as well. And, and I thought it was really powerful because the thing is, um, you know, Bible study is good. Um, prayer is good. But the thing that God wants most is uh, access. So it's like if you do Bible study and, um, you know, you get up up in the morning and you do your daily devotional, but then you're like, okay, God, it was good. It was good good that you visited. I'll talk to you maybe tomorrow if I'm not busy. And you're you're talking to them. You're escorting them out the door. You're like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And you close the door. You know, I visited with God today. 
you know, or with your prayer life, you go, okay, and, you know, and Lord this and Lord that. And, and sometimes, you know, we get so comfortable with him, you know, um, that it's a one-sided conversation and, you know, and Lord, this is going on and this is going on. And, you know, oh, and let me pray for such and such and this and that and the other. And then as we're closing, yes, and, you know, and Lord, I just thank you. You know, I thank you for coming by and visiting, visiting again and, you know, oh, I might talk to you in the morning. I'll give you maybe a few minutes and, you know. But he gave us this story in Second Kings 4th chapter, and it starts at um, the 8th verse, okay? Um, um, we're going to start at the first verse first. And it says, um, <clears throat> Now there was a, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid hath not a thing in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow these vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. He said, Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt not, thou shalt shut the door upon thee, upon thy sons, and shalt, shalt pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. And so she went from him, and she shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and leave thou and thy children of the rest. Um, and so that shows the power of God, okay? And that was a, that was um, um, one of the wives of the prophets. Now, the, it, I wanted to point this out because the thing is, you know, people are always saying the women were insignificant. Women are insignificant. You know, the Bible says, but that's that was Paul's thing. Women had a lot of. I'm not going to say we had power, but we had a standing in, you know, in the villages. We had, we were, uh, we had worth. Because here it shows that she was a widow, and she had her own house, and she had her son, and it was given to her how to, you know, it was given to her how to. Um, cancel the debt, how to pay the debt off. Not her son. It was given to her how to do it. And so, and then he told her, go and then you and your son live off the rest of the oil. So we were diminished in our in our power and our authority by one man based on how he felt and how he was raised. So we have to come out the mentality of, of we are not enough or we are insignificant in the body of Christ, because sometimes we 
you know, there there are those of us who were raised in certain denominations that have been told that we're supposed to be silent, but we're not supposed to be silent. We do have significance, maybe not to the degree that, you know, men have significance because we don't have the same we don't have the same talent, we don't have the same authority as a man does, but God has given us authority as well because we were made equal to man. We were helped meet, not servants, but help meet, which means that we are supporting each other in this walk, not one bigger than the other. We are walking side by side. But going through um, about making a room, for God, and it says in verse in verse eight, and it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread, and so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread, and so um, the minister that I was listening to said that a prophet was basically the symbol of the Spirit of God moving among the people because this is how far away that the people had got from God. So they, were, they, they understood that the prophet of God, had, they, showed, they revealed the power of God constantly. And so they knew that the prophet had the ear of God and that, the, that God spoke through the prophets and told them what was coming and what to do. And so this woman, knowing that he was a prophet, the representation of God, every time she saw him, she basically was asking God to come into her house and eat with her every time he came by, okay? And this is how the, and this is how the, the minister did the revelation. I, I thought this, this and, you know, this, it, was, it was very, you know, revealing. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passed by us continually. So it was the woman, not the husband. It was the woman, not the husband, that perceived that this man was a man of God. So she knew that God was walking with him and that when God was with this man and he was walking by all the time, that, you know what? That's God walking among us all the time, continually. And so it says, let us make a little chamber. Let us make room for him. I pray thee on the wall and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes for us, for us that he shall turn in thither. So she said, let us make room for him. Let us not just let him visit, but when he comes, let us make it so that it's so comfortable that if he wants to stay, he can stay. And it says that he inha- God inhabits the praise. So if we make our, our, our dwelling place, a dwelling place of praise, and we let God know that we're letting, we're setting up a bed for Him to be able to rest here. We're setting up a bed for Him to be able to rest here. We're setting up a table and a stool so He can sit down and have a place to sit up. His, you know, sit down if He wants to and sit with us and be able to reside in 
when it gets dark, there's a, you know, there's a candlestick so me and you can still have that conversation. We're setting it up so he has everything that he needs to feel comfortable in our house. God will come by. So when he comes by, we let him know that he's able to sit and, and, and stay a while, not just visit. You're no longer a guest. You can come in and stay. And he says, um, and, and he said to, um, and it says in, in verse 11, and it fell on the day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. So he sees this chamber, and he's like, wow, she set up shop for me. She set it up so I can lay down. I have a place to rest my head. I can stay here a minute. I don't just have to keep walking anymore. And verse 12, and he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shulamite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? This is what we want. God said, you have, you, have done, you have sought me. You have sought my comfort in your life. Not me comforting you, but you have sought my comfort in your life. You have sought to make me comfortable enough, you know, to, to dwell, not just visit and you're like, oh, I've got to go now. But you said, you know what, come on, dine, lay down, take a load off. You're welcome. Now, what is it that you want me to do? Will it, he says, will it not be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. So he was like, do you want me to tell people about you? Do you want me to set you before people of prominence and tell them about you? And she says, I, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm in front of my own people. I'm, I'm okay. This was not meant. For, for you to have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for you to do anything for me. This is basically because I knew who you are. So we're saying if we, if we set up a place for God in our life, in our house, in whatever we do, that's letting him know. I'm not doing, and when he asks us, we don't, we're, we're not doing it for anything, but just because I know who you are. I know who you are. I know who I am. I'm not doing this for nothing else but that. And he said, what then is to be done for her? He said, okay. The Hazel went back. His, 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 his uh, assistant, the Hazel, went back and said what she said. And, and Elisha was just like, well, what can I do for her? Because she's done so much. So God is like, what can I do for her? She's done it for me without question. She's done it for me without even me asking. What can I do? I want to do something for her to show her I appreciate it. And that's what God says. He says in, in the New Testament, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all this stuff can be added unto you. He, he, that's, that's his whole thing. You do for me without any, without looking or anything in return, and I will give you so much more. And so he says, and so his assistant basically said, and answered, barely she has no child, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. 
And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace the son. And she was like, no, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son that season that Elisha said unto her, according to the time of life. And all of this was done because she was willing. She was willing to give God a place in her life. She was willing to open up her house and give him a place to rest. So how much more so? Um, you know, and it's and it's and it's example on this call all the time when you um when we when we give our testimonies about I mean, especially Sam when we give his testimonies about what God has done for him when we hear about what God has done for Nate and the doors that are open for Lisa and how, you know, things are being done with Renee and things are being done for Arthur and how, you know, everybody, you know, their their health is going from one extreme to the other. But because of God, things have happened and how Maria got healed from cancer. And even though we had to go through the process of some things, but because we put, we gave we give God room in our lives every day. This night, this call right here is us giving him room. In the midst of you washing dishes, in the midst of Sam juicing, in the midst of, you know, driving to work or, you know, listening on the conference, you know, listening on the Internet at work or however we do it, when we give God room, he gives us what we need. And he gives us the desires of our heart, even if we don't even ask for it. But when he tells us, we have, she says, you lie. Don't, don't lie to me. And, and we even say that, Lord, don't tell me I'm going to get this. And, the, you know, and we have that little piece of God, like, Lord, don't, don't, let, don't let me get this idea. I'm going to get this. And then it doesn't happen. But then it does happen. And it does manifest. And it manifests a lot of the times in the time that he tells us it's going to happen. And we know it's him and we are appreciative of it. So let us make room. Continue to give God room in our lives. Continue to give God room in our lives. And the women on this call or whatever women listen to the recording, understand that women have great significance. A woman has great significance. We are the, the ones who are willing and able to open ourselves up to the Spirit of God and letting him guide us and lead us. He's the one that he will come to us and tell us. And when we go and we go tell the men, they go and they search it out for themselves. That is what our, our, go brush your teeth and wash your face. Um, that is, that is what our, um, our significance is. We are the women on the wall that wail. We are the women on the wall that listen for the spirit of the Lord 
to come in, and we are the ones that that help warn. So we are not we are not of no significance. We are not supposed to be quiet. We are not supposed to be quiet. All right, um, and I have to um, to um, to end the call early today because I have to get the kids out. But does anyone have um, a prayer request um, that they would like to have before we end the call? Uh, you can pray for me. Is this Renee? Yes, it is. All right. Okay. So, Father God, we thank you for Renee. We thank you that you have given her um, a spirit of submission and a spirit of of um, a willingness to get closer to you, to draw near to you, so you can draw near to her. Father, we speak that no weapon formed against her shall prosper today. Lord, give her this day her daily bread and let her be able to hear your voice clearly outside of all the other things that's going on in her life. Let her be able to hear your voice clearly so that she can walk circumspectly around every trap and snare that the enemy tries to put before her to make her stumble in her faith so that she can be strengthened in you and by you, for you and through you. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can pray for Pam. All right, Pam. Father, we come right now for Pam. And Father, we come for her because you have set before her Options. She has set before her information. She has set before her um, goals that you know that she has been um, praying for. So, Lord, we ask that you would just help her and that she's been praying for them, for you to give her clarity, give her clarity where she needs it, oh God. Set before her the options. You know she's a woman of detail, and she's a woman who needs to see the, the do's and the don'ts and the pros and the cons. Help her to see each and every one so that she can make an informed decision so that there's no doubt. And Lord, also help her in her and strengthen her um, the roots of everything that you have instilled in her, in her faith, in her walk, in her relationship with you because you have you have set a, a process for her. You have set up a level that you want her to, that you want to take her to, and that she sees it. And Lord, just help her to continue in in the way that you have put before her, so that she's able to do it. She's able to do it um, in 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 due season, and not say, "That's what I show right there." so that you're able to get the glory and she's able to get the good. And we thank you. And we should when we pray. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we pray for Sam once more and for his father as he goes through this um, process and procedure today, as he goes through his surgery. Lord, we speak that the... Um, the, the doctors 
You speak over the mind of the doctor. You speak over the, the mind, will, and the emotions of the doctor, the anesthetist, the surgeon, the nurse, the surgical technician, the anesthesiologist, the um, the hands, the mind, the spirit of all that's that's going to be connected with the surgery today, from the process of of ministering the the um, ministering the, the the first shot of putting the IV in his arm, Lord, up until closure. Um, we speak that their mind should be totally and fully on the process. We speak that their their hands be guided by you, Father God. We speak that they shall. Um, There should be no spirit of distraction that comes upon them, but they shall walk and they shall be able to hear. They will not be distracted by what goes on. They shall not be distracted by, you know, by by their own personal issues, Father, but they shall be walking in and being and being um fully invested and paying all attention to the person that's on the table, which is Samuel Bali Sr. And, Father God, we just thank you in advance that you shall cause a complete and total healing in his body from the time the last suture goes in to the time he comes home. He shall have no pain. He shall have no discomfort. He shall be in peace through this whole process. And we thank you that he shall not have to um, worry about Mrs. Farley, his wife, through this whole process because, Lord, you shall keep her mind and spirit in perfect peace. You shall keep her in perfect peace. You shall keep her in perfect peace. You shall keep her in perfect peace. The enemy shall not come against her mind or her spirit through this process, that she should be able, she will be able to sit and, and, and dwell and understand what's going on at all times. There shall be no there shall be no um irritation. There shall be no um showing out. There should be no um demonic force that comes to try to cause havoc as he recuperates in the hospital. She will have her appetite. She will have her um, the ability to to remember and be cognizant, so that again there should be no additional stress put on the the mind of Mr. Farley or Sam Farley. So we thank you in advance for this grace and mercy that you should bestow upon them. And in the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Do you see the text from Sam? Yes. Okay. Um, and we pray for, uh, oh, geez. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get ready and everything. Um, <clears throat> we come for Sherry and Louie right now. Father God, you know the situation, the circumstance that's going on with them. 
you know, um, you know, why they're going through it, you know, what they're going through. And so, Father, we comfort them right now that you will go in and make the necessary corrections for them. Make the necessary corrections for for them in their health, in their mental state, in their spiritual state, whatever attacks are going against them right now, oh God, you can you can cancel them out. You can stop them. You can delete them. And Lord, we just thank you in advance that you will. Because we know that you're you are a God of order. <clears throat> And you will go through and do everything that needs to be done to make their lives a little bit easier. <clears throat> for their good and for your glory. And then we'll get sure we pray. Amen. Yes. And if um Man. if you wouldn't mind um praying us out, uh either Renee or Pam, I'd appreciate it. You want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Lord, we want to give you praises on high once for having us to be worthy to participate in another one of your greatest creations this day. Also, thank you for having our mindset and for us being obedient to come and learn more of you to get more of you into us, to commune, to build our relationship with you, and to also put us on the right path of finding our purpose for fulfilling your will. Lord, as we go out today, we bless everyone that was on the call, everybody who wished to be on the call. We also pray for the ones who are going through trials and tribulations and finding themselves feeling lost. Lord, we pray that they use their wisdom as well, seek peace through the relationship they have with you. To let them know that there is a way out and don't overthink it. So as we go out today, let us take what we learned today and for what you have put into us on the regular. To go out, uplift your word, to uplift others and show them a way to make them feel welcome. And Lisa has stated today, the woman took time to make a place to make God feel welcome. And out of that, to build a better relationship with him, to know that he's appreciated and not taken for granted. But let's go out and do uplifting, encouraging, and welcome him into the bosom of the Lord, for he is good, he stands by his word, and he and for us being faithful, we are blessed. In the name of the Son Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Everybody have a great day. See you tomorrow. Okay, you too. Okay, you all too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye Oh, that's right. All right, let's go now. Mm-hmm.
Hello? Good morning, sisters. Hello? Y'all got to drive to a
Um, again, I don't
Anybody there?
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.